What's good, listeners? I'm Chris Collins, your host of The Chris Collins Show. And I'm Marissa Pitts, his trusty sidekick. Thanks for listening to our podcast, and be sure to tune in to The Chris Collins Show live every Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific Time. And follow us on social media and check out our website at chriscollinsshow.com. Peace. Ciao, Bellas. Here we are in the studio. Hey, so we got Sebastian all settled in. So this is Just Talking, and this is super cool because we got publisher and illustrator, and you're kind of an all-things guru in everything that comes to writing. So, Sebastian, just to get it right off the gate, who are you to the listeners who might not know you? (laughs) uh, First and foremost, thank you. Oh, thank you. No, you're good. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, of course. um, You know, just sort of to preface, you know, who I am, uh, you know, Originally, it wasn't writing. It was actually illustration. Uh, when I was 14, I was actually signed on to illustrate a children's book. Uh, that children's book quickly turned into a children's series. Say the children's book because I love the All book. Right. <laughs> I was so excited when you came on. I was like, I know that book. It's, uh, it's called The Adventures of Daniel. Yeah. And um, it, was a, it was just sort of a milestone for me, you know, especially at 14 when, you know, at that age, people just draw for fun, at least yeah. in my high school. Yeah. And it wasn't until age 17, 18, where the writing really took off. And ironically, in a not childlike manner, where (laughs) I started to get more satirical and more dark humor. And that's when those, the sort of, uh, you know, genre merge, be, you know, began. Were you, like, getting one of those, like, maybe little, like, paper towel bats, you know, like you good at Red Robin <laughs> and you were just the illustrator that used to draw like crazy and you drew outside the lines? Is that, like, how it got started? I mean, it was, you know, I, for the most part, I followed the rules of, like, what was expected, what I believe people would like. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, you know, it. Who cares if people didn't like it? As long as I liked writing it, that's what's most important. Oh, yeah. And... You know, for lack of a better word, it became just sort of my passion to do some to do things outside the norm of, you know, what was expected. Yeah, you know? and you know what I really like about your your story, the adventures of Daniel. My biggest companion is my dog. You know, <laughs> so when I hear about Sparky, I just love that whole kind of concept because I think if you know, obviously I have brothers and you mm-hmm. have brothers and sisters, and you know, but. I think everybody just has that special bond right at a young age yeah. with your yes. dog. And did, was that that kind of same experience as well? It was. Uh, I was, I want to say six, seven. I had my first dog, uh, Lucas, and <laughs> it was just, you know, I loved it. I loved the, the dog with all my heart. And I feel like every boy should have a relationship with his dog. And every you know? girl. And, yeah. and every girl as well. <laughs> no, no. You know, every child My should, daughter loves her dog, <laughs> let me tell you. Every child should have a relationship, you know, with his or her dog, yeah. you know, before, like, human interaction or alongside. There should alongside, also be that yeah. companion interaction. Right. And, like, and so with the stories of Adventures of Daniel... What do you want the youth to get out of these kind of stories? Because I know there's a certain message that you're always trying to get out of Mm -hmm. every certain series. It is to appreciate what you do have. Appreciate the time Mm -hmm. spent with your family and to try new experiences. In each book, uh, Daniel and his family, it's a new adventure, each book. You know, essentially going to the beach, going to the farmer's market, you know, going to visit grandma and grandpa. These all seem like sort of inconsequential things when you're an adult. 
But as a kid, the world is huge. Yeah. And the world was huge for yeah. me, and I'm sure it's been huge for all of us. I think right. some adults can age. go back and reread these books because yeah. I, I know these books, and also these are on the list of books I want my daughter to read also, so Aww. I was really excited when you came <laughs> in. I was like, I know those books. Um, but I think as adults to revisit, what is it about life? Because the grind and the hustle and not taking that moment just to breathe yeah. and be in, oh, I'm thankful I do have this happening right now. Yeah, and you know, and my biggest thing is too, it's like I know that you, the really big importance of, you know, with that series is you love to tackle new morals and ethics. And why, why did this all sort of come about? I. Uh, you know, because don't you think like us adults need some more of that? No, instead of you. No, of course. And when I when I originally illustrated the book, I wanted it to be relatable, not just to children, but to all audiences. Yeah. You know, I wanted father figures to relate to the father figure of the okay. book, and you know, you know, vice versa with the mother figure, and sort of a just like it can happen in in real life. Uh, I know that there's a lot of families that you know maybe aren't together, or maybe only have one parent. Mm-hmm. You know. It's not to say that a marriage, like a married family, can work, you know, only. It's to say you can have a great life as a child, regardless of the situation that you're in. Yeah. How did, I have a question, so, and it's not on here, I'm sorry, but (laughs) how did you get involved? Like, you were 15, Mm -hmm. okay, so the author, uh, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. Uh, Rene Gazzari. Yes. Did yeah. he approach you? Was there like a contest to see like who had the best <laughs> illustrations? Like how at 15 did the, you the land story, this? The story goes that I was actually uh, sketching in my Algebra 2 class. Oh, okay. that's funny. In a class where, you know, any kind of distraction like that, you get detention. So <laughs> needless to say, it's not that I didn't care, but I wasn't paying attention. She looks over my shoulder. I thought that I was going to get the boot. And she says, you know, this is really good. You know, I didn't think much of it until she said, I have someone that, you know, really wants to illustrate a children's book, but he doesn't have an illustrator. Mm-hmm. And me being at 15, I thought this was my big break. <laughs> you know, and for lack of a better word, I guess it was. But, you know, we sat down and he told me, I need an illustrator. I'm trying to mm-hmm. do a children's book. And, you know, mind you, I've never done anything outside of just drawing in a, in a book, in a sketchbook. Yeah. That's so it. obviously they weren't yeah. dirty drawings in algebra. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was no, the no, same. No dick pics. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that, that's the middle school that, life, I guess, school, when you open yeah. up your, uh, your school book. <laughs> right? 15? I mean, come on. But, Sebastian, you do have a very unique style of illustration work, especially when it comes to Adventures of Daniel. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminded me of kind of that old school work that I would see with Walt Disney's yeah. original Mickey Mouse. That's, Is that sort yeah, of the angle oh, that you're kind of going for? Or? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's nice, predominantly Chris. like my inspiration, I would say. Okay. Uh, just sort of like, uh, like contrasting lines, a lot of darks, and a lot of shading. Um, you know, just so it really pops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And going through the adventures of Daniel, I noticed a shift even in my own work where I started incorporating cartoons with real life, where I would superimpose the cartoons on, you know, real life backgrounds just to sort of oh. juxtapose it. Right. Um, you know, uh, the adventures of Gumball on Cartoon Network does the same kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. And, 
I thought, you know, this this works. <laughs> so yeah, if someone else has done it successfully, yeah, why not do it? I think mm-hmm. that's a really cool thing. And I know, um, yeah, I have. So I know <laughs> we're talking about the mo- tackling moral issues and everything <laughs> with uh, Adventures yes. of Daniel. But some of your other work that you have, you have the courtesy jerk, yes, and that is very refreshing. And how did you get the idea to create this series? Because this is the s- satirical part of you coming out. Where yes. as a server for twenty plus years <laughs> of my life, um, these thoughts have ran across my mind way too often <laughs> mm-hmm. right so, <laughs> uh, well what can I really say I mean courtesy jerk it wasn't my first satirical outing mm-hmm. but working in customer service so yeah. when I got my first job at 17 <laughs> this already sounds good already yeah when I got my first job at 17 I was telephone work- marketer uh, Ralph's okay. so Ralph's grocery <laughs> oh so even worse as a courtesy clerk that was my job so you position. were a bagger I was a bagger <laughs> yeah. I was a bagger I uh, pushed shopping carts. I swept That's the. Horrible. It's really, it's really demeaning, right? <laughs> you know, but at seven, people are so mean to baggers. Exactly, and at seventeen, <laughs> it's like you know that's the position that you get. You yeah. kind of stick with it. You notice how ruthless some people could be, especially customers. <laughs> yes. And these are the type of people that you're supposed to be nice to. And <laughs> if you're not nice to I, the manager I, I, immediately. You, you can notice the you know Well the, the listeners are missing the disdain in his face <laughs> when he's speaking about this. This just seems like a very strong issue that you have a lot to get off your chest. Well strong enough to span five books, let's just <laughs> say. You know, like, like courtesy jerk, it's a series of five books. But making fun of customers and this is you know, this is way past Kevin Smith's Clerks, the movie, yeah. in 94. Yeah, or even seeing Waiter, too. Or Waiter. Oh, right. my God, you know, dude. I've, I've never seen these two movies until way after Courtesy Jerk was okay, published. because it's right up that same alley. Exactly. Uh, you know, sardonic, satirical. Mm-hmm. These people are just, you know, for lack of a better word, scum. <laughs> you know, it's, People are mean. People are mean. And, yeah. you know, to make fun of that and to portray it in a satirical sense i feel like it's very relatable yeah you know, everyone has to go through that demeaning first job right and i'm still in mine <laughs> <laughs> well we, we even talked about it before on the show one time before that kids just go through job yeah. depression yeah, and usually yes. it takes a 12 week span just mm-hmm. to get that one job that you truly want yeah. and i think at a young age you kind of learned real quick this is not what I'm trying to do. Even well, though <laughs> this is not what I'm trying to do, but more so like how can I how can I take this you know perceivably negative situation mm-hmm. and yeah. flip it into not something I don't want to say profitable, but something that you know I can enjoy. And I thoroughly enjoyed writing Courtesy Jerk, yeah. start to finish. But wh- yeah. how did that name title come up? Because when I kept thinking about it, it sounded like a really dope punk band, like Courtesy <laughs> Jerk. I was like, let's go. So Courtesy <laughs> Jerk was a play on my my first job title as a courtesy clerk. Oh, that's and hilarious. As a courtesy clerk, you're supposed to be nice as a clerk. Courtesy <laughs> Jerk, you can be nice. However, as a jerk, you know, I don't really mean all the nice stuff that I say. You know, I may wish you a good day, but really at the end of the day, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm flipping <laughs> Fits, you know, I like this, I like curse people. I know it sounds horrible, yeah. But like in my much. head, if they like do something rude, I just like and curses to mm-hmm. you. Curses, yep. bad luck. But, bad luck is coming to you. But then again, I feel like maybe this has been down the family line this whole time because I did find this really interesting fact that on your father's side, mm-hmm. you are a descendant of Mark Twain, Mark Twain one yeah. of the greatest satire mm-hmm. writers of all times. Oh my god! So, are you gonna fall asleep? And do wake do up you have like years? special genes? <laughs> If, if that's such a thing, uh, so uh, it has to be. I mean, I, you know, I I have really screwed up 
eye vision. Yeah. You have a really good writing skill. I mean, Thank you. Maybe. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> so on my father's side, we're, we're very closely related to the, the Clemens family, the, the surname of Clemens. Mm-hmm. And Samuel Clemens, that was his original name. Um, and great-great-grandmother, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on this. Okay. But <laughs> it is on my father's side. Yeah. And I want to say distant, distant cousins. You know? Yeah. But yeah. you said Clemens, which so is cool. such an interesting point because what I noticed with you is, you know, especially in like an age of identity politics mm-hmm. right now, you go under a pen name. I do. Nicholas Parker. Uh, is this because you don't want people to interfere with, with the likes of your children novels and, and et cetera? Or? So I always try to incorporate different styles with different names. So with The Adventures of Daniel, people associate that with Sebastian Shug, child-friendly. Nicholas Parker, satirical. You know, and that's just sort of how I've been, you know, just to separate it, yeah. but also to, you know, incorporate that I can do different styles. And artists mm-hmm. can do that. Right. People feel that they have to stick with one style, and that's not always the case. You yeah, no, that, that's so true. I just always thought it was so it reminds me of um, Soren. We have a musician right. on mm-hmm. who, ha- what music he has, has really shaped his, you know, his name on there. Yeah, and I always was making that joke with him. I was like, did you hide him under the closet, like in Harry Potter? Can <laughs> Can we at least get Sebastian Shooks out of here? Like, yeah. let's get him out. <laughs> Man, I just want to remind all the listeners out there, you're listening to The Chris Collins Show. We're going to be right back after this commercial break. You are listening to The Chris Collins Show. Hey, what's good, listeners? You're listening to The Chris Collins Show, and we got Sebastian Shuggs in the studio. He's a publisher. He's an illustrator. He's an all-things guru. And the thing is, it's so amazing with you is you have like you have published over at least 80 books. Am I correct? That's right. That's insane. That's, um, how old are you? Uh, 21. 21 <laughs> years old with over 80. Okay. Okay. I hate you. If most, if, <laughs> no, no, no. If most people spend their time actually writing things down or using their Apple app notes mm-hmm. <laughs> or something instead of just putting all your work cited source all over social media for everybody here maybe you might have something you know but the one thing i loved about you is you have this strong belief of just procrastinating and yes. doing multiple projects at one time i usually start to have a heart attack if i start making <laughs> that kind of stuff happen <laughs> what what is your case all right so <laughs> with the procrastination i've really learned how to make it work for me and i'll have these i'll have these types of ideas where you know, it's something I really want to do, but I don't know the process of how to do it. So I'll really just work on something else, which I do know how to do, take what I've learned from that and incorporate it into the project that I need to work on or that I really want to work on. Right. And it's just sort of worked out for me in the past where, you know, five or six or seven projects going on at once has really been, uh, it's been good for me. And that's wild because like, are you getting some of these stories from like, walks of life just strangers or are these coming from personal experiences personal experiences walks of life uh definitely inspired by uh you know friends peers family especially and you know i just sort of take it and take it with a grain of salt and just make my own story with it yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. do you ever like like to 
like bounce the ball up against the wall with your friends, I guess, and of just kind of hash out ideas. Hash out ideas. Um, like, do you even have friends? I don't know if you have <laughs> well, time for friends. I when know. He's 21. Books. He's got 80 books. He don't have friends. You know, admi- have friends. admittedly, <laughs> it, yes, I do. Admittedly, I am a workaholic. You um, really are, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. It might be a little bit dangerous, you know, at my age to just be so invested in it. But um, Do you eat healthy? Like, how? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm still blown away at how you've done this much, and I have done none. Yeah, I mean, because I've always, okay, this is actually a great question. This is a personal question of mine. Mm. I've actually always wanted to try to start a blog. Mm. Maybe just write one once a month. What would be your number what, number one advice, I guess, for myself to try to just get the ball rolling? Is there like a certain tactic you use when you approach a certain topic? Or? Well, if I may ask if you have, do you have like an idea ready? I, I have one in mind. Okay. okay. Then I would say. So number one, have an idea. Well, more so have an idea, but make sure that you're really committed to this idea because, you know, whether it be a blog or a book, I know those are very two different things. One takes longer to do than the other. Make sure you are committed to your topic. Make sure that you want to write about your topic from start to finish. More often than not, admittedly, I'm guilty of this. You think of an idea, you think it's really great, you get halfway through I don't want to write this anymore. You know, (laughs) you just lose interest. Mm -hmm. With a blog, it's a lot easier because, you know, it's a lot less to do, but make sure that you just have that idea and that you're really passionate about that idea. Yeah. So when you notice like halfway through it, if you're just not, if you're not, if you're not into it, it, you're not into it. That's kind of a good point. It's just like when you're in a band, right? You start playing it halfway and you're like, man, we've already played this song like seven times. Played the song seven times. Sounds like crap. (laughs) (laughs) It's not coming off the tongue right. That's so funny. I would think it'd be the other way of like, even when you're in those moments of, I don't want to do this, you just barrel through and do it. Yeah, no. And there's definitely instances where, you know, it's better to finish than to just stop. Yeah. But every, but sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. But it's oh, you're good. <laughs> oh, you're on a good one today. <laughs> but I mean, it, it it's better to you know even if you think that your project sucks, the fact that you committed yourself to finishing it, I feel that it it holds some merit. Yeah. And there's been yeah in the beginning, admittedly, there's been projects where, looking back, oh, I wish I didn't finish it in the way that I initially wanted mm. to, knowing what I know now. Yeah. You know. Hey, but that's that's the coolest part because that's growth, and I think people can see that kind of progression yeah. when you guys listen. Yeah. Well, we to had Sebastian, a story yeah. about people who are successful get up at a certain time in the morning. Mm-hmm. What time do you get up on average in the morning? Uh, for my job, I get up at five thirty. That's, that's pretty that's darn. Four. That's oh, exactly when they it was. They said like five twenty three like, or something. Yeah. Five twenty three. It was like I, a weird three yeah. number. Yeah, you have to have an but it was in five. <laughs> even when I don't have work, it's usually five six o'clock in the morning. Wow. Um, because this is where we're failing, Chris. <laughs> Continuously <laughs> failing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I get so excited. I stay <laughs> up like way too late at night the night before a show, and I'm just like, I got. If so I see the thoughts. sunrise, I feel like I like I, I've been awake all night, yeah. even if I had been like it messes mm. with my brain yeah no and it's true and <laughs> uh, i know marissa you had a, a, a kind of an interesting question on this yes i do okay so was, was um, that, i thought that was kind of your plug initially with that it, joke. Was, it was <laughs> it was i was trying to like plug it in but anyway so for the <laughs> listeners out here uh do you have any advice on how to write for the opposite sex so or your dog mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, let's see. Uh, like, like, for example, like I'm, mm-hmm. so I'm, I am writing a book okay. forever, um, and my main character is a female, and kind of, and going in, and I have other characters in there, obviously that are male, mm-hmm. and trying to write in that male voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, opposite sex writing, what you know? 
Uh, what advice could you give me and listeners? Assuming you have opposite sex friends, I would I would say make sure you learn the most about them as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to write as a girl or as a female lead, you know, to the best of my ability, because obviously that's not who I am. Hmm. And, you know, I think just sort of driving that point home is that if you have external factors that you could bring in to really sort of heighten your, uh, like your focus of, you know, how to write in this Mm -hmm. perspective, it's it's very beneficial. Okay, so you know. definitely get ideas. Have my friends ha- read have some your of the friends. dialogue. Like, hey, would you say this, homie? Like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, exactly. Like, it sounds super cliche. Yeah. Would you say this if they say no? You know, yeah. no. Yeah. You know, yes. Yeah, and also nonverbal as well. Like interactions. You know, would this male character or female character mm. do this? And yeah. if they wouldn't, then you cut it. Yeah, you know. I mean, kill your babies. It's a thing like when you're writing stuff or creating, it's called yeah. kill your babies. Exactly. It's, you mm-hmm. have to be able to cut. You and have to just, be able to cut the fat. And kill but your babies. You have to be able continue. to cut something that you think was, you know, it was the that genius idea. But if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's like having a, a child that doesn't amount to anything. And at 18, <laughs> you finally just say, you no, know I don't what? know you're this person. You're on your own. Yeah. Poor Lilac Faye. If you don't amount, you're on your own. Go back to England. <laughs> my hey, daughter's the, uh, she's also English and American and, and, and that's, that's the joke. brutal truth that's my joke. but you know I know with you man I, I know that you're very supportive of your own community and you're always constantly looking for that next person because I think that's cool because yeah. you had someone for you at an early age to kind of help you into the position that you're at now and for all the listeners out there what is like the most important advice you would give to those authors who want to be in those same shoes that you're in today well, to number one, keep writing, but to number two, to network. And mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I think that's where most people come to their first hurdle of, well, how do I do that? And working in Burbank, working in Los Angeles, it's it's a double-edged sword. You mm-hmm. have everything there, and you have no Nothing. way to get yeah, into the it's industry. So yeah, it's, <laughs> now, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really just sort of difficult. And what I'm trying to do, you know, myself and with my company, Sebastian Shug Publishing, is give those you know, independent authors and artists a voice mm-hmm. in an industry where they, they don't have one, you know, where you have to have a certain amount of clout, you know, for lack yeah. of a better word, to even, you know, get a foot in the door. And I don't think that's how it should be. You know, you have all these, I would say, I would call them boutique publishing services mm-hmm. charging an arm and a leg, you know, I won't mention them. But for lack of a better word, you know, I don't want to have to take out a second mortgage just to publish one yeah. book. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. And especially now with the Kindles and well, downloading. Kind of, mm-hmm. I think it's just like with any kind of industry, right? The music industry, acting industry, publishing industry. Get out of that three-mile radius that we call Hollywood. Yes. Get <laughs> just out there. get out. You don't need to be in these certain places to make something happen. And uh, I just think it's cool you started your own publishing company mm-hmm. because that is one of the things that, like, as I'm writing this book, like, who, how do I sell this? How do I get yeah. this out there? I don't even care about making money on it. I mean, it'd be nice. But, like, my, my <laughs> thing is, like, how do I get it out there? Mm-hmm. And it is. There are these, they call them dragons, that, you know, stand in front yeah. of the door mm-hmm. of all these huge publishing houses. And self-publishing is really rough. You got to have a yeah. lot of money, mm-hmm. you know. So I think for you to start a company for that, that's yeah. very ad- admirable. That, like people confuse it with self-publishing, but I don't print them and then sell them. Yeah, you know, not. like mm-hmm. no, I, I have dist- like distribution channels uh, that handle it for me. Um, so yeah, like a lot of people make that confusion, but it's you know. But, you know, okay, real well, question. One more question. Yeah, okay. you got I want to go. Yeah, I got one. I want to go back to what we were just talking about. Okay. Kindle. Do you think that's right? That's read right. a book day. Does mm-hmm. it count if I read it on my Kindle? Or should we be fire? reading out of a traditional book? <laughs> 
you can. And then re- what do you prefer? Yeah, okay. you That's prefer? a two-part question. Now, you know, shameless plug. I do publish on all platforms. Yes, but no, hey, there's nothing. I, I no do. Candle. I do think that you know, as long as the story is, you know, you're you're grasping the story, you can read it on any platform you want. Uh, with myself, I actually recently started recording my own audio books. Oh, that's I cool. feel like that counts as well. Yeah, as long as you're. Okay, that's where I'm like. Mm. Yeah. Really? With audiobooks? Audiobooks. I don't know. Well, we're talking about National Reader Books. <laughs> it, it's still a work in progress, <laughs> right. but you know, to answer your question, no, I, I love feel, audiobooks. You know, Kindle or paperback or hardback. Right. Yeah. You know. I'm, I'm so obsessed with hardback for some I reason. I love the smell of books. <laughs> it's like you do what you feel most comfortable with. If you want to read on a tablet, that's great. If you want to read in a book, that's great, you know. Right. You it's up, it's up to you. And Aww, you know what the one read. thing I would just, just ask? Read. Yeah. The just one read. last question to hit you on the spot. What is your favorite publication that you've created so far? My favorite publication would have to be uh, my series, Courtesy Jerk. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I yeah. love it. I think the Courtesy Jerk, after all his inspirations from being a courtesy clerk. I, that's hilarious, man. That's really cool. I might have to take that as like a song title. I don't know. I love it. Hey, it's a beautiful <laughs> thing. But I just want to remind all the listeners out there that you're listening to the Chris Collins Show. And this is publisher and illustrator Sebastian Shuggs. And this is amazing. But stick around, guys, because we have more. Wait, uh, where can they follow you? Uh, They can follow uh, just a simple Google search, Sebastian Shug, Nicholas Parker. uh, On my website as well, uh, Sebastian Shug Publishing. Uh, There's a website link there. And also my archive, it's on thehousekid.wordpress.com. Perfect. And if you like what you're listening to today, go to thechriscollinshow.com and become a member today.